Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, welcome back to Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez, and you are listening to our mini-series, Call Your Friends, where I have been calling some of my closest friends around the globe to check in on them in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. This week, I decided to bring on my dear and extremely talented friend, Connor Holloway, a member of the Corps de Ballet of the American Ballet Theater. Connor and I met when we were young dancers. We were probably about 14 or 15 years old. Yes, fun fact, I was an aspiring ballerina growing up. And we were both at an ABT summer intensive in Detroit, Michigan. While I quit by the time I was 17, Connor literally went the full nine yards. He is now a member of the Touring Ballet Company and has performed in some of their best shows like the Nutcracker, Whipped Cream, and all their full-length ballets. He also happens to run the company's Instagram account, which if you're a fan of ballet, I highly recommend shooting them a follow at ABT Official. In this episode, Connor and I discuss what it's really like to be a performer in a time of solitude, how the arts are dramatically changing and adapting in a completely unprecedented way, some sacrifices the whole team at ABT have had to take to make sure that the show goes on, and how he's using his role on the social media team to quite literally lift the curtain on the ballet world and provide support, love, and appreciation to all the behind-the-scenes talent that helps bring ABT to life, from hair and makeup to the orchestra. He also fills us in on some extremely exciting upcoming events that are a first-of-its kind and we'll be able to virtually attend to continue to show our love and support for the entire ABT community and the arts. Some housekeeping notes, if you haven't checked out our episode from Monday, it is absolutely hysterical and amazing and one of my favorites. It's with comedian and actor Benny Drama. And if you haven't signed up for our weekly newsletter, it goes out every Monday morning and you can subscribe at friendofafriend.us. I've been including some of my favorite things that are keeping me busy during quarantine, some highlights from these episodes and ways that I'm choosing to give back right now. I hope you're all doing well and I'm sending you all virtual love from my couch to yours. As always, let's start the show. I can hear you. I can see you. Your apartment looks so cute. Uh, Thank you. Of course. You know, I did a little rearranging just for you. Oh my God, you did? (laughs) I'm so honored. Because it's so gray today that if I'm not in the window, it's just going to be a dark mop of hair. It was gray here this morning and now it's like starting to get a little blue and nice out. And I hope that the sun comes out just for a little bit. Yes. I mean, I'm okay with a little bit of like a moody vibe. But, um. I mean, I feel like that's like just so on brand for us right now <laughs> and the way we're all feeling. How are you feeling today? I'm good. Yeah, I'm I'm doing well. I actually, I really enjoyed listening to Aurora's sort of like rate your day or rate how you're feeling. And so every morning I've kind of been trying to get in touch with that. And today definitely feels like a solid eight. So That's great. That's a high number. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally. I think it's weird how now entering this sort of like whatever you want to call this, this portion, this chapter of our lives, I feel that like my productivity is so much what I equate to how good I feel, which I'm trying to like knock back on a little bit because I don't think that that's a healthy way to sort of rate how you're feeling for the day. So I'm just trying to process that and then not get too fixated on that and just feel good. And that can be physically or emotionally and totally unrelated to my productivity. It's like how good you feel should determine how productive you are and whether you are productive or not. Okay, cool. It's totally fine. Like lean into whatever emotion that you're feeling, but like it shouldn't be the other way around. Like it shouldn't be like, okay, if I was productive today, I feel good about that or I don't feel good about that. But what I kind of love and since we're all working in this like virtual world right now, you can kind of make your week however you want it. So like if you feel bad on a Wednesday and maybe that's midweek, you can actually just be like, well, you know what? Today's going to be my Saturday and I'm going to take this day to just like lean into. I've been doing that for years. (laughs) (laughs) If you want my like entrepreneur work for yourself hack, it's that. It's that (laughs) I had to like come to a really, really harsh reality. Like about a year and a half ago where I was so fucking burnt out because I was trying to manage the schedule of like what it means to also be like a really social person and like have that be a really big part of my profession and have yeah. like, whether it was like events or like dinners or things like that at night, like take up so much time and energy. And while they are valuable, I would be like getting home at 10 o'clock every night and not having like time for myself and then still forcing myself to like wake up at like 6.37 the next day and like crush a like normal work day and then do it all over again. And after a while I was like, holy shit, this is so not working and had to be like, okay, like if I had to work last night and like be out and network for whatever reason, like you can sleep in a little, like it's totally okay. So like, I think that rewiring should like totally, can totally happen now. But like if you're in our positions where like our jobs are, really strange and creative. It's totally okay to bring that into real life. But I try and remind myself too, that like those sorts of like social elements to our job are just as productive in a way. Oh, a hundred percent. It's not like the most productive. No, it's not the most productive, but like it is an energy exchange and it is a really big part of our job. One of my favorite episodes that we've done so far was with Maggie Rogers back in January. If you guys haven't listened to it, I highly recommend it. But she did talk a lot about that, about how a lot of her work was energetic work and not just like sitting down like songwriting and like actually doing the thing, but like actually being out there and like meeting with editors or meeting with people or performing or whatever it was. Like those were all really big facets of the energetic work that she had to put out there that was like equally as important. And even from a dance standpoint, I can relate to that because we rehearse such long days. So we're there like 10 to seven. So it's like a nine hour day, but like performances are in the evening. So it's like so much of your inspiration comes from going to see other people perform and sort of see what's being put out there on stage. And that's where I find some of my inspiration comes. And in a way it's like, you're almost sacrificing sleep to do that because you're going to end up being out until like 10.30 or 11 p.m. on a weeknight. But it's so valuable to just experience your own craft, but on the other side of it. So, I mean, it's totally worth it to me. And it feels like an energy exchange. We'll definitely get into all of that because I'm so curious to hear how like all that has shifted. But like set the scene for everybody. Where are you? Who are you quarantined with? What's up? So I am currently here in Brooklyn, New York. I'm currently quarantined alone, but for the first 45 or six days, I was quarantined with my new boyfriend, which is a new relationship, which I don't even know if you know this about me, but I've, 
actually like never really had a relationship or a serious relationship partially because it's like I mean you know this when you're in the ballet world from like 16 to 21 you're just so laser focused on your work and your training and you're physically exhausted but also you're usually like living on your own and you're in circumstances that don't really have a wide social net so like we miss out on those like everyday normal experiences and like socialization if this, if there's a theme for anything with this quarantine it's i'm discovering that i have time for all sorts of new things so yes a relationship has definitely been one of the top things that i've been working on and that's who i've been quarantined with which has been fun it's definitely like an interesting experience and it definitely puts you on like a faster track than normal, I would assume, with dating. So even though we're going on day 45, it's we keep joking that it's like year two. <laughs> Just because you learn so much about each other when you're in such a tight quarter together, especially in New York. 100%. For some context for everybody, I am on a Zoom call with a really dear friend of mine, Connor Holloway. We met when we were, oh my God. Dare we even go back to this really crazy moment in our lives? I think we were like maybe 14 or 15. Yeah. Yeah, right? Okay. I was a dancer growing up, which is like something I maybe a lot of people don't know about me. But I danced a ton, ballet specifically. And Connor and I met and we were like basically living in Detroit for a summer at an American Ballet <laughs> Theater intensive. And... <gasps> While I hung up my point shoes when I was like about 17 because I chose the path of kind of going to college and a little bit more normalcy, Connor like did the whole fucking thing. Like he went, he did All the way. He literally went all the way. Connor is a dancer now for ABT, like the real company, like not the summer intensive that we were in. And I am immensely proud of him. And just to like be a tiny, tiny, tiny baby fraction of that journey and like watch it has just been so cool. And some of my favorite New York nights have been going up to Lincoln Center and watching him perform. So I'm so excited to be talking to you today because I think right now we're also curious of kind of the future of those very like in-person community moments that revolve around the arts but i'm also deeply curious about what it means to be a creative performer right now and kind of the toll that's taking on you and also just like how you're changing during this time and adapting to the current situation so thank you for coming on oh my gosh anytime it's so funny because even though i know all this information it's so surreal to hear you say it and to just picture us back at like Wayne State University in Detroit at like a pubescent age, like going through all of that and where we are now, it's it's wild to think Those about. photos are was... unacceptable and should be burned and I hope we never see them. Sometimes you'll like <laughs> randomly send me a high with like an old photo of us where I'm wearing glasses that like cover my whole face. But I'm platinum blonde and, you know, sometimes... They're, hey, we they're... were cool. We were so cool. We were so young and that was like such a weird... Like summer, like, people always ask me, they're like, oh my God, how are you so like disciplined? Or like, why did you start a company? And, like when you were in college, like what was the point? And I literally respond every time. I danced somewhat like competitively and passionately like my whole childhood. And by the time I got to college, I like was just bored by it all. Like I had so much free time. Like you and I, like yeah. growing up when you're a dancer, like you go to school, you end school, like what, two, three o'clock. And then you're dancing with everybody until like eight, nine o'clock every night yeah. and on Saturdays from like eight to five thirty. And I totally get what you're saying where you're like, we don't have these like normal experiences. And I don't think I like had really like a social life or had like expanded my friend group or had like been to like a high school party until I was like maybe end of my like sophomore, junior year. Like 
And that was like when I had quit. You really do like have such a weird concept of life. And like for me, those summer intensives were like my summer camp. Like I'd never been to summer camp before. Like I never did any of that. But like I did that and then I did like a summer in New York. And like that was the only thing I can relate to summer camp. Yeah. Well, kudos yeah. to us for turning out so somewhat normal, normal. And social interactions. <laughs> yeah, and like somewhat, we can like talk to people. On that note, what's a normal day like been for you? So in the initial weeks, like I was up every day. We have a ballet master who has been teaching us. I mean, he's volunteering to teach us class every day on Zoom. So there's anywhere from like 30 to 60 company members on those Zoom calls every day. And we do as much of class as we can do in our apartments. So I mean, I have tested every surface in my apartment, be it a chair or my dining table, my kitchen counter, my mantle. I can say that the kitchen counter and the mantle are definitely the sturdiest and the most stable. (laughs) But yeah, so I pretty much stick to bar, which is for anybody that doesn't know, like the first 40 minutes of a ballet technique class, which is something that we are used to doing daily. It is what like prepares our bodies for rehearsals. It kind of helps you get lined up, warm, and just ready for your day. So in many senses too, for me at least, it's kind of a spiritual practice in the way that it just like pulls your energy inward. Took the thought out of my brain. Yes, it is like the time to get in touch with your body, in touch with yourself, see how you're feeling and just sort of like harness that and use it to your advantage or just like to feel it and observe it. Similarly, like to what we were saying in the beginning of this conversation, you kind of just have to like feel what you're feeling and like forgive yourself if it's if it's not great, but also just embrace whatever it is. So about three weeks ago, we announced that our 80th anniversary season, which is our spring season, which takes place at the Metropolitan Opera House at Lincoln Center, was canceled, which is really like the ABT, like iconic season. We do pretty much every full length ballet during that season, each week a new ballet. Some of those weeks we do mixed rep programs, which can include up to like six or eight ballets. So in any given season, we're doing like eight to 12 to 14 ballets. And I mean, they're just like back to back to back. So we're performing eight shows a week and then we're rehearsing like six, seven hour days. So it is a killer season. Our executive director likes to equate it to like the dance Olympics, just because it's such a long endurance battle for us physically and emotionally. And yeah, and honestly, it is all of our favorite time of the year. Like as crazy as it sounds, it is just so gratifying and so fulfilling to be on stage eight times a week. And just at the end of every Met season, no matter how many you've done, you just feel so accomplished. And it's like unlike anything else, like walking into the Met every day and being like, this is my office, like this is my place of work is just like an unbelievably, yeah, amazing feeling. So I am, and as is the whole company, like pretty devastated to miss out on that. I think from like a personal standpoint, I had to reassess how I was going to face my day to day because it's like taking class every day when I now know that we won't likely be returning to the studios until maybe September or October. It's like, I don't want to keep my mental state at this place of like performance mode because like that's not happening. And I need to lower those expectations so I can enjoy the work and and kind of like rediscover things about my technique that maybe I didn't have the time for before and just allow myself to change with the times and be okay with that. Cause if you are keeping this ideal of like, I need to look like this, I need to feel like this. I need to be able to do this many pirouettes, this many like push ups or whatever you want to do. Like it's, it's not realistic and that's okay. I've been thinking about you a lot in the same way that I'm thinking about like Olympic athletes who are ready to go for the summer and now have to like postpone it a whole year. Yeah. And that motivation must be really difficult to 
partially like keep the fire in you, but also postpone it almost. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone at this time can relate in some sense or another to having to let go of expectations, be it a graduation, be it a wedding or any sort of like celebratory thing. I think it's, it's hard and we've all faced that and we've all had to acclimate and adjust and like accept what is. As far as like dance goes, it's, it's a little weird. And this is where I can identify to athletes. It's like our career is so limited. Like as far as like our body's abilities, they don't last forever. So when you're an athlete and especially when you're a dancer, because I think they're one and the same, you have a time, like you have a timeline that you kind of hold on to when you're training. And it's like, I've always said, I would hope to be a professional until I'm 30. Some dancers go on until they're 40. I mean, I've been really lucky, knock on wood, I don't get injured very frequently. But like knowing that I'm losing essentially a year of my career is that feels detrimental. It's not like, oh, I'm missing out on some performances. It's like, that's a whole year out of my like 10 year career that's gone. And a year is big. I mean, it's like a hundred performances and we missed out on six tours. I mean, like big tours. So yeah, I mean, we're all, we're all making sacrifices and it's totally okay. And I've come to terms with it, but it is, that is, I think the difference from like what athletes experience in something like this versus um, maybe just like a normal sort of moment. I know you said you come to ter- you came to terms with it, but that's a difficult thing to come to terms with. Totally. So something else that you know about me, but your listeners probably do not. I also am on the marketing team at American Ballet Theater. So I run our Instagram channel, which is like a funny chain of events as to how that happened. But I've been running it for about four years now. And I, as of last year, so like a year and a half almost now, I've been officially like contracted as a team member of the marketing team. So what's been interesting for me is to take this time and sort of like harness my creativity and my passion that we both share for collaboration and really like utilize what is social media. And I feel like all companies now are becoming media companies. It's like, it's the only place that you can exist is in media. And so what's been really fun for me and has been very rewarding has been giving the opportunity to voices and people and departments that have not otherwise had the opportunity to be showcased. So like, for example, we have a handful of very like highly skilled, talented, like amazingly generous pianists that rehearse us every day. We are always dancing to live music whether it's in class, whether it's in rehearsal, they are just like the backbone. And of course I know these pianists, but like I personally have never taken the time of day to just like sit with them and be like, how are you? What are you working on? Like, what's this ballet like for you to play? Like, it's so easy to get bogged down in your own mind and your own work. I've never really taken the time to like lift up my head and look at them and be like, oh, there's another person in the room that's contributing to this and they could also be struggling. So I text like weekly with our pianists and one in particular, and like we send each other pictures of food that we're making. And we just like have a dialogue that we've never had before. I have actually offered to her and to other pianists as well and to orchestra members. I want them to play. Like I want them to get that sort of outlet that we're all seeking. And I want to showcase it on ABT's Instagram. So I was like, whether you want to make up your own playlist of like music that you love and that makes you feel good and you want to record it and we put it up on the Instagram. Great. Like I want to do that because like 
our art form is so much more than just the dance. Similarly, so I just had a long call with hair and makeup. Are there are heads there and like ways that we can collaborate there and feature them. And I reached out to a visual artist that I've followed on Instagram named The Cartorialist. I really like her work. And I was like, this is such a cool thing. Like I'll send her a video of dance footage, like a rehearsal that I have. And I'll be like, draw something that inspires you and record it. So she did that. And then I paired her. She like played the music, watched the video while she drew. And then she drew it and I paired it with the rehearsal footage. And I was like, this is so cool to watch like art and inspiring art. And it's like this awesome thing that's just for fun. I mean, it's not for anything, but for fun and for creative outlet. And it's been really cool to like have the time to connect those dots and like put people together and give them opportunities to do things. And also just on a personal level to like connect with people that I've never reached out to before. As a dancer, you're obviously in your apartment and I've been, I've watched you guys take class before and I've been in Mm -hmm. studios and I've seen you perform on a live stage. How has like the constricted space been different for you in terms of movement? And I also love to hear a little bit about what you were saying earlier, how this time has taken, has allowed you to kind of take a look at the way you are as a dancer. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's funny because boyfriend that I mentioned earlier, he's actually a contemporary dancer and he was really excited about the space. He was in Sleep No More, which is a production that happens in New Love. York. Uh, yes, for years. Anyways, to tie that together, I think about like the capabilities that the body has. And even though it may not be a space that we're used to or an environment that we're used to, like you can still dance. If anything, you can like find new inspiration. And so to answer your other question, I have lately been finding my balance more quickly than like ever before. And I think a huge reason for that is when you're in a ballet studio, you're surrounded by mirrors. And as I'm sure you know, like as a student and even as a professional, teachers are always like, stop looking at yourself. Stop looking at yourself. So being in my apartment, not being surrounded by mirrors, not having all the usual resources that I'm used to, I feel so much more like in my body and like able to feel myself (laughs) like (laughs) from the inside out. And that's cool. Like, it's really cool to also be aware of like feeling things because to those that don't know, it's one thing to make a shape with your body. And it's another thing to like feel the shape from the inside out because yeah, like our bodies are, are very capable of like, you can tell me to put my arm to the side and I can like put it to the side. But then if I look at it, it could be like totally behind me. So it's like feeling things where they need to be. And ballet is so much about that. What's it like practicing, rehearsing, dancing on your own versus being surrounded by the company? Cool thing. There's this company called Harlequin Floors. They provide most of the world with their flooring for dance studios. And they sent all of us like a sheet. It's like a six by seven foot sheet of Marley, which is this sort of like rubbery, like... It's like the dance floor. Yes, it is like what all, especially ballet dancers, like all dancers utilize. And it gives you like a little bit of friction, but it's still smooth enough that you can like slide and turn. And so it's great. That's so sweet. It's amazing. So that has like enhanced my dancing game like no other. Without the company, I will say the really, really sad part, and it's cool because on Zoom, you can still see it a little bit, is the inspiration. Like I'm so inspired by my colleagues and we all have different abilities and different capabilities and different energies and different like attack. And that is really inspiring is just to feed off of. But additionally, just to like give a silver lining, because I'm always a silver lining seeker. It's been cool because I've reached out to dancers and asked for help that I never would have asked for help for before because I am alone and like I have to do it 
So like, for example, we're doing um, a virtual gala, which we can talk about later. One of the pieces that's happening is a tap piece and we're doing the rhythmic section. And I was one of the dancers that was in that. I just remember like, I haven't done it for over a year and there's this one section. And of course it's the section that we're performing. That's really difficult for me to hear. One of our dancers, James Whiteside is just like so proficient at it, like so skilled, like he's so awesome. And like, he's a principal, he's a very established principal in our company. He's a friend of mine. We are very friendly with each other, but to like, to kind of like expose myself in a way and be like, I don't know how to do this. Like, I need you to help me. I mean, it seems like it would be a, like a no brainer, but like, it's intimidating. So I FaceTimed him yesterday and I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. Like, can you give me like a little coaching session? And it's really cool. Like, it's really cool to, to open up those doors and then knowing then on the other side of this, when we're back in the studio, like I've established something that like I didn't have before. Yeah. And we all need help right now. And we all can relate to like the vulnerable positions that we're all in. So I think reaching out and then also being someone like a resource to others is like very important. Agreed. You were talking earlier about the fact that one of your ballet masters has volunteered to teach class every day. If you don't mind me asking, you use the word volunteer. And I wonder if that's because things are pretty much shut down right now. Yeah. So... Disclaimer, of course, answer what you feel comfortable answering, but I answering, but I do think it's important for people to know about what is like totally. the reality of what's happening to so many amazing institutions around the country and around the world. So obviously the arts have been hit pretty greatly and have been affected immensely by this. For example, like ABT just by canceling our eight week season, like not even including the tours that we've had to miss out on, it's like an eighteen million dollar hit to our company which like an arts organization, that's, that's huge. And we, of course, don't have like all these security blankets to sort of be prepared for these kinds of yeah times. I mean, what company does? And the unique thing about our art is like, we really can't do it from home. Like we can't rehearse from home. We can't put on our performances from home. I mean, we're certainly getting very inventive, which is again, amazing to see. It's yeah. like such a silver lining to see people like put their heads together and like still create art and in a new inventive way. But yeah, as far as that goes, it's been a big hit. And from the beginning, actually, and I think it is totally okay to be candid about this, but like from the beginning, like we lost our salaries because like we aren't working. Like the company has been incredibly gracious and they were giving us per diem, like for food every day. So we were getting like a daily per diem. And then we had like a supplementary pay that they were giving us, which is like a small stipend essentially, which... Don't get me wrong, like I can live off of that because I don't know about you, but like being in quarantine, I'm not spending as much. I'm buying, um, I'm spending from the market maybe two, three times a week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like you're buying food, but like I'm not on the subway. I'm not out seeing shows. I'm not going out to like fancy dinners. Like to me, I felt very at ease and at peace with what the company had offered us. And it seemed very generous because I know many other ballet companies. Yeah, for context, ABT is very lucky. Like we are America's national ballet company. We are one of the biggest ballet companies, but there are so many other ballet companies in America. Like almost every state across America has a ballet company. Not all of them are as fortunate as we are in getting the recognition and the support from donors and companies. And yeah, so we are we are very fortunate. New York City Ballet has also made out pretty well through this. But they also have their own like unique situation because they own their theater and they have an endowment. But yeah, so class, for example, is something that is optional. But our ballet master, Carlos Lopez, was a dancer in the company. He was a soloist. 
he knows the importance of having it every day. And I think he knew like right off the bat, like we've got to find a way to do this. Cause like, I want to provide this to the dancers. I know how important it is for their physical health, but also just like their mental health. So he just, yeah, he volunteered. And it's interesting now that we're talking about this. I'm like, we should, we will definitely be like buying him a very, very nice gift on the other side of this because like teaching class and coming up, I mean, you know, a ballet class is, and it's generally about an hour and a half. Ours have been like an hour and 15, but it's like, it could be anywhere from like 20 to 50 exercises in a class. And those are combinations that like you have to create. And I mean, I've taken probably 30 of his classes and like, he's never repeating combinations. It's always different. Wow. And yeah, we're, we're so grateful. We've even had like some of our pianists join in and like accompany us from home. Because it's also like cathartic for them and gives them sort of a bit of normalcy. So yes, we have a relief fund that we've created. It's called the ABT Crisis Relief Fund. And that fund is designated for these people. It's the artists of ABT. So it goes to the ballet masters like Carlos. It goes to the dancers. It's for our pianists. It's for our production crew like hair and makeup and because they're also out on this. So yeah, it contributes to those people and to support them, which yeah, we're all really grateful for. And we're trying to put out the word, but we're also trying to be sensitive that it's like everybody's struggling at this time. Like the arts are taking an especially big hit because the arts are always struggling. Like we're always looking for money. We always need support, but yeah. So that exists. (laughs) Where is it? It's on the ABT uh, website, right? Yeah, so it's abt.org slash abt crisis relief fund. But if you just go to abt.org, it'll pop up. Yeah. Okay, good. So if if anyone wants to consider donating, we are, I mean, no donation is too small. We're so grateful. I have been asking you a ton about kind of what you guys are doing in terms of what you said earlier with the spring being your biggest moment. It's when you have, yeah. to, like you guys are performing and on stage eight, times a week which is insane and just so cool but you also have the spring gala and the fall gala and the spring gala being postponed the fall gala was postponed as well right um no not yet not yet not yet (laughs) fingers crossed please please, Um, no i know i hope it's not it's honestly one of the most fun evenings i went to one with you once yes and we had the best time we got dressed up had an amazing (laughs) night i was fangirling heavy (laughs) heavy but what are you guys doing now since it's been canceled so we have planned and we meaning just like internally we have planned like a whole virtual season which is in the works and it's soon to be released uh publicly but basically what it's going to be is like we are going to have like an event every day of the week for eight weeks so i mean we're talking like 64 events and essentially they could be like really small sort of tidbits so it could be like a dancer on Mondays, like doing a video diary series, sharing like this week, I was going to perform La Bayadere. The first time I performed in this ballet, I was 16 years old. And now I'm 36 years old. And I've done it for 20 years. This is my favorite performance. This was a silly performance, yada, yada, yada. Right. So like, that will be one element. There's also going to be like, we're going to have dancers like teach some of the choreography. That's and, cool. Like, I love that. Yeah. And be like, this is what Princess Aurora does in this scene in this act of Sleeping Beauty. And then there will also be room for like, we'll have discussions from, I mean, the cool thing is this is our 80th anniversary. Like that's a big milestone. So we have a lot of anniversaries. Like it's the 40th anniversary of Labayadere, which Natalia Makarova choreographed, which is really cool. And she's still living and with us. And we're like hoping to get her to like join in on a Zoom conversation 
And Kevin McKenzie, who's our artistic director and choreographed like our super iconic Swan Lake. It's an anniversary for that. I think it's the 20th year anniversary for Swan Lake. So we're going to have discussions with like the original cast members and things that you can like tune in to experience uh, virtually for free, virtually comma for free. But yeah, so I mean, we're just doing all sorts of things. I've also like, like I mentioned earlier, like I'm including hair and makeup and they're going to do tutorials and kind of talk about, I think we're even going to get like a wig styled and we'll talk about like just the tips and tricks and sort of process of stage makeup and the illusion and like the prosthetics element. And there's so much there. And like with our orchestra and our rehearsal pianists, and there's so many people to incorporate because like it really takes a village and there's so many departments involved. Again, it's a cool opportunity to allow the people that are behind the scenes to like get up front and center and talk and show what they do. It's so amazing because I think when we were growing up, ballet was exclusive in kind of all the wrong ways. We grew up just at the precipice of dance being more like diverse for sure. But also like, I think I grew up with the principles that like dance and ballet and and performance specifically was an illusion. And it was also not, there was like, like social media was not a thing yet, but it also felt like the antithesis of everything social media stood for. Like my ballet teacher like hated phones. Like phones were not allowed in our studios. It must be a really interesting time for you having grown up in that time to now be in a time where like you are breaking down the illusion Um, completely, like to the hair and makeup and like prosthetics. (laughs) Like there are no prosthetics in ballet. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, But like from that and um, utilizing social media to do it. I mean, it's a real culture clash because like Kevin, our artistic director and his generation come from a time where like this didn't even exist. And ballet was this sort of art form that like was just unbelievable. And you would come and it was illustrious and you were just like, are these people just naturally like this? Like the whole point of ballet is to make it look effortless. And it's not. Which is so funny to me. (laughs) It's the hardest thing you'll ever do in your whole life. (laughs) So in a way, you're right. It like totally strips that down because you're showing the nitty gritty hard work, the sweat, the, yeah, so entirely. And also to your point about diversity, like there were so many debuts that were planned for the season that were big milestones. Calvin Royal, the third, who's a friend of mine, he was going to be the first Black Romeo at ABC ever. And like, this was his moment. Him and Misty Copeland were going to do Romeo and Juliet together. And like, that's an amazing moment. And it will still happen. Yes, it will. But like in America's National Ballet Company, it's time. And I mean, it's past time. So it's just, it is those moments that are really like, even just as an individual, like knowing that like this was going to be a a huge milestone in your career. I think that definitely takes time to like process. Me and the marketing team, the marketing team and myself are doing everything that we can to sort of still give them the catharsis and the the outlet to kind of like pour that energy into until it happens you haven't told us about the virtual gala yet oh yes okay so on may 12th we will be is this the spring gala yes yes okay just checking so we're calling it american ballet theater together tonight and it's like our first virtual event ever it's going to be really cool it's about an hour long it is free it's on youtube premieres So there's going to be really cool performances with like Tony Bennett, Cynthia Revo. We have like celebrity guest hosts like Caroline Kennedy and Liev Schreiber and Jennifer Gardner, the ballet fan of the world. (laughs) We love literally of the world. 
I love Jennifer. Yeah, so it's it's just going to be a cool virtual event. It's an hour long. It's free. There will be performances by the dancers. And yeah, everybody should watch. We're really just doing it for people to experience ballet from home and to just be able to share what we do and what we're doing and how we're adapting. So when is it again? It's May... May 12th at 7 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. And the link okay. isn't out yet, but if you go to YouTube slash American Ballet Theater, you'll find it. Amazing. Can't Yay. wait. So Just you, plug. I mean, we need the shameless plugs. It's like really <laughs> important. That's what this is all about, you know? What cultural norm do you want to see changed after this? You know, something that I was working on, and I will say, so now in New York, we have to wear masks when we go out. And it was really intimidating to me at first. Like when I went out the first day and everybody, I mean, it's sort of been like trickling in, but like when I went out for the first time in like a week and saw that everybody was wearing masks, it was this really intimidating thing to me because I'm a very like energy aware person and like I am very empathetic and like just seeing people with like masks on and like so covered up, you can't read somebody. You can't read their energy. You don't know what they're feeling. You don't know if like, you just, if you have no idea what they're going through. So I've really been making an effort like lately, like when I went out yesterday and the day before to get groceries to like say hi to people. Like, I'm just like, Hey, like, how you doing? And like, it's not ever really a conversation, but it's just like some acknowledgement of like, hi, I see you. And like, I'll keep my distance, but like, it's nice that we're out here together. It's just important to reach out and let people know that like, even if it's just like a hey or a wave that like you see them yeah, and like, and you don't have to be scared to take up that space. Cause that's something that like, I even struggle with as an artist is like having a fear of taking up space and like a fear of being seen and a fear of being exposed and rejected. And, and so like, even socially that trickles in sometimes if you don't feel comfortable in an environment or an atmosphere, like you just don't want to be seen. And so this has all been really weird because it's like people literally don't want to see you. And like when they do see you, they might cross the street and like run away from you. <laughs> so Isn't like, that so I'm, weird? Anytime I take a walk, someone like crosses the street and I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> Like, do I smell? No. Like, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm definitely just like trying to make an active effort to like reach out. And similarly to what I mentioned before, more than just in like my immediate interactions on the street, like reach out to the people like in my life, that sounded weird, in my life. And like the people that are within my network, be it my like artistic director who might be intimidating to me, like talk to your boss, reach out to them, like have a conversation with them. And like, similarly with like your pianist or like whoever your like equitable person is to this, it's like that person, like they're going through something, if not the same thing. And it's really, this whole pandemic has been interesting because it's a world crisis. And like what other time in at least our history has there been like the entire world going through the same thing? Like we're constantly facing and like pointing out our differences and like how we can't relate to one another. And obviously even within the pandemic, there's so many experiences happening. Some people are more lucky and can work from home and still get paid. Others are not paid and are really struggling and are trying to like work, but also be a parent and a teacher. And there's just so much that like we're all experiencing on our own, but like when it boils down to it, we're all in the same boat and that's a really unique experience. So I would like to come out of it being like, feeling as though we've all overcome something together as one. Yeah, and just like offer support. What are you reading right now? Have you been watching anything, binging anything? Ooh, good question. And like, I'll expand that into like podcasts and like 
YouTube channels, TikToks, like anything that's like fulfilling you right now that you want to share? I still have not gotten on TikTok. Same. I won't do it. Everyone who listens knows that I'm just not, I'm not doing it. I'm I don't know why I'm resistant it. to it because I see them they they like trickle over into Instagram they like squeak their way in and I'm like oh that's cute that's funny but like not going there I was so close last night so close mm-hmm. I didn't though no. I was like nope I just stay I can't. strong I'm staying strong <laughs> your phone would love the extra space as far as reading goes I feel like I read a lot of emails <laughs> <laughs> that's the best More. response I've gotten on this show <laughs> <laughs> so many emails we actually get a daily email from abt every day from our artistic and executive director and they do send like little bites of like meditations or things for thought or like recipes or things to read and they send shameless plug re- sign up for my newsletter on friendofafriend.us thank you bye <laughs> so i actually read this really awesome poem that was written in the new york times a few days ago i'll send it to you it's great it's basically about like i forgive you new york and like, just please come back to normal. And it's really beautiful. And it Aww. also made me really teary, but it's like, it goes through all of the horrible things that we all complain about. And it's just like, I forgive you. I love you. Like, I'm still here. Come back to me. And it's this like love letter in a way. And it's super gorgeous. So I'll send it to you. Maybe you can include it. <laughs> please do. Speaking of love letters, I know you had said earlier that you were quarantined with a new-ish boyfriend and Mm -hmm. the amount of people that have asked me about how I'm coping, which is like such a funny (laughs) word. I'm like, I'm not coping. I'm totally fine. Um, But people that have just kind of been like, so what's it like? Are you guys okay? And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Mm -hmm. And I would love to ask you the same question and see if you have any advice for people quarantined with significant others. Well, I have to say it's been really wonderful and it has been a really good like self-learning experience and yes underline oh my god I'm a psychopath (laughs) well I'm super controlling and I'm also super independent and I am someone who has like lived on my own I have my own schedule we talked about this it's like ballet it's like you're so used to like being able to control like this body that you govern and like and like your schedule and like even when it seems crazy it's still like in my control so like even just sharing a space for an extended period of time I have like had to make so many compromises and just like be open to the fact of like how my day is going to be structured and like when I'm going to wake up and like when I'm going to go to bed. And like, because those are things that you have to be considered of when you're like cohabitating with someone, especially when it's someone that you like really, really care about. And that's actually, and I'm curious how you feel about this. That's been the hardest part for me is like, it's like, you know, that you have tasks that you have to complete in a day. And when you don't have an office to go to and you don't have a space that you can leave and be like, this is workspace. It's like your workspace is now your living space. And so it's almost hard to draw those boundaries. And when you're cohabitating in that space with someone that you really care about, it's like you also want to be with them. So it becomes kind of this like blurred line of like, how do I shut off and be like, I'm working right now. Like I want to like cuddle and love on you later. (laughs) What I found most difficult is like one, leaving my partner alone during the day when he's working because I'm so fucking annoying and I'm just like so chill and like we'll have like literally interrupted a thousand of his Zoom calls. Feel really bad. Sorry, Alex. Um, But two, it's just like then like, okay, like when does like the work day, when does that end when, when you're both like working from home and then like you have dinner together, but like you've been home all day. So like, do you turn the phone? Like, can we put phones away or not? Or like, are we still working? And then that like bleeds into the night. And and then it's like, when was the last time we really like hung out instead of just like cohabitated the same place? Yes. And that's like challenging, I think on both sides. It's like, yeah, 
And I think it's important to remember is like carve out those moments that are like just for you guys. And like, if you need to like make those boundaries during the day, like do it by all means, like go work in this corner of the apartment. I'll work in this corner of the apartment. Like we don't need to talk until dinner. If that's like the way that you need to have it done. And like, that's fine. Like, it's not weird. Like that's totally okay. Cause like I'm like practicing that myself, by the way, like I am so bad at this. Like I'm (laughs) trying to preach to myself right now because I'm, so annoying and I don't have boundaries that's just me well I don't know about you but like in the beginning of this all it was like cute and I was like oh my gosh let's go on runs together let's bake together let's do morning yoga classes together do you want to take ballet with me we were like doing everything together right and it was like super fun and I mean granted that's also the byproduct of a new relationship totally totally we were just like getting to know each other in in a way as well so it was like exciting and fun but then I hit a point where I was like oh my god like I can't live my day parallel to you all day long so like exactly what you just said it's like I need to go for a run because I want to go for a run and I run faster than you but also I need alone time (laughs) so yeah yeah. And that is, it's sometimes hard to ask for because you worry about like maybe hurting their feelings or right. whatever. Last thing that I would say about it is also communicate what you're feeling. Because like I'm a person who like wants to just like figure it out on my own and be like, get over it. Like you're fine. But just saying like, this is something that I feel. This is something that upsets me. Like, I think it's it's beneficial because likely they can relate. What are you most excited to do when this is over? Every summer, pretty much every summer, I go to Copenhagen and I'm just like so excited. It's the best place. I love it there. Yeah. And just to like, that seems like a lame answer, but not really because I I get it. Like you and I travel so much for work that like we don't consider it as travel. We don't consider it as like literally exploring the world. Like like every time. Yeah. Every time I've been to Copenhagen, it's been for work and I've like never even been there to just like hang out and experience it and love it. And I enjoy that city so much so it's like now when people are like what are you excited to do I'm like I want to travel to like see things like I don't want to travel to like be in the city for work and I think that's a totally valid answer I think a lot of people are rethinking the way they travel after this yeah I also love like comfortably roaming the halls of Target that's like a favorite pastime (laughs) (laughs) so like I miss that and I'll be excited to do that again (laughs) with no mask on I get it yes with no mask on and just like to spend ample hours there it's like well, an in and out thing. Now. Yeah. Now you're like scared to be out. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Well, I love you and I miss you. And thank you I for sharing you your art with us for the past couple of years and for sharing now. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Bs. See you next week.